This morning's message is from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. And I'm reading from the Message Bible, but I'll also be taking it back and forth from the King James. Uh, I'm sure that we're very familiar, more familiar with the King James version of what goes on in the Christmas story and what happens um, in the events around the, the Christmas story and the narrative of Jesus being born in a manger. Well, today we have, I'm looking after the birth, or right after the birth, where the angels are met, excuse me, where the shepherds are met by angels, and the declaration is given to them. So we're reading from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8 through verse 18. There were shepherds camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly God's angels stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for, a baby wrapped in blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please him. As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the shepherds talked it over. Let's get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seeing was believing. (laughs) They told everyone they met what the angel had said about this child. All who heard the shepherds were impressed. The, the challenge, I think, of, at Christmas so many times uh, is our understanding of what the Christmas story is all about. In ancient times, they had a hard time believing that Jesus was divine. They had a hard time believing that he was more than just the carpenter's son and the illegitimate or the premarital child of Mary. And so they had a hard time believing that Jesus was divine. In our day and age, we have a hard time believing that Jesus was human. We have him set up as this, you know, if you look at the manger, you know, we don't have it up here, but if you look at the Christmas cards and so on, they have halos over mangers, you know, and bright stars and people all merry and they're all dressed nice and clean. Have you ever been in a barn? <laughs> I don't think they cleaned out the barn for Mary and Joseph to arrive. So this is a stable, and it stinks, and there's animals in there, and there's a lot of things in that barn. And there are things in there that we would not want to be around. (laughs) And if you ever go to, you know, you drive down the road sometimes, and you have a distinctive odor in which farmers have been spreading their fertilizer from their animals, (laughs) it has a distinctive smell. And uh, I grew up on a, a dairy farm, and we had lots of cattle. And, you know, I never, met, I never noticed the smell, you know. I never noticed. That just To me, it was just, you know. But, you know, now, I, it's like, my gosh, it really stinks. <laughs> when you're around it all the time, it's, it's not that bad, you know. But uh, when you think about it, here we have the God who created the heavens and the earth, You have the God who created the heavens and the earth. You have the God who has the beauty of heaven, 
The God who speaks the world into existence, coming to be born of a young child, of a young virgin woman, and she is going to give birth to this God-man, this child, and he is going to be born in a stinky stable, and he is going to be laid in a feed trough. It just doesn't light up your life, does it? (laughs) It just doesn't make you say, wow, it goes with excitement, but it doesn't happen that way. And this text that we read today declares his birth and the, declares his birth to a group of shepherds. <laughs> it wasn't to the king, and it wasn't to the religious leaders, but it was to a group of shepherds who were watching over their flock at night. They had the night watch for the sheep. So surely there were more people, more important people, more important individuals that here the king of kings should have been announced to, And here he is, this King of kings, Lord of lords, Emmanuel, God with us, you know, behold our king, we sang, you know, all the Christmas carols, and, you know, you just kind of back up and go there to a stable, and it stinks, (laughs) and there's cattle, and there is maybe some fresh straw or hay or some type of grass that is there for the animals to eat, and there in this shelter, this cave-like place, this Jesus is born. In Matthew's account, we have the arrival of the Messiah as the, the prince from heaven, and he is in it, and this announcement comes to the wise men. And these guys were Gentiles, and they followed the star. And here in this text, the notice is given to shepherds who were Jewish, and it was the announcement came by angels. So we see how God chooses to reveal himself. God chose to reveal himself to wise men who always were looking at stars and shepherds who were just trying to pay attention and stay awake for the night and watch over their sheep. These wise men were astrologers. They studied the heavens. And they found the Messiah by looking for and found in the heavens a star. And the shepherds, they found the Messiah by listening to the voice of an angel. It's interesting to note that these were ordinary shepherds. Uh, They were shepherds who were out watching their flocks at night. But there is something else here that is very interesting. And maybe I mentioned it, you know, other years. But it always, I think, bears remembering. The shepherds were probably shepherds watching flocks, but not their flocks. They were shepherds who would watch the sheep who were used in the sacrifices at the temple. So here are shepherds watching over sheep that, would e- that eventually would end up as sacrificial lambs in the temple. And so here they are at night watching these lambs, and these are the shepherds to whom the angel announced the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world, Jesus, is being born in Bethlehem, and this is how you're going to find him. So here are people looking over, watching over sheep, and they were very poor individuals who spent the night under the stars. But it's interesting that they didn't notice what the astrologers noticed. They didn't notice the bright star in heaven. They were shepherds. There's a bright light up there. What's that mean? I don't know. 
But to people in a far in, in another country, they were astrologers always studying the heavens, and they saw the star. But shepherds, they never knew what it meant. And they were there as individuals who watched over sheep, and they knew that the sheep they were watching over were, were the lambs that would be used for sacrifice. So wise men and shepherds, shepherds in the night watch, watching their flocks. And both of these, group, these two groups look at their perspective places in life, and there they find an announcement given to them by God, stars, angels, <laughs> that a shepherd, that a child would be born and they would find him in a manger. I think of it in our own lives, we, we, I think we would say we are ordinary. Generally, we look at our life as being ordinary. And what would it take to interrupt the ordinary to give to us a divine message? What does it take to interrupt our ordinary lives to inject a divine message? You see, these shepherds, they were not in bed. <laughs> they were diligently out watching their sheep. I don't know if you've ever been out. Do you ever watch grass grow? You know, just sit around and watch it grow. <laughs> watching animals is about as interesting as watching grass grow. You know? Um, I, I remember as a young kid, we would sometimes take the, the cattle back to some of the fields and let them graze. And that was always trouble because they didn't know that there were boundaries and they would just kind of wander off, you know. But for a while, once they got understood where it was at, you'd put fences up, but you still had to watch over them. It was really boring. <laughs> I mean, it was really boring. You, you know, just watching them eat. Uh, it's entertaining, you know, just watching them eat. But what's really entertaining is if you came back and there was someone and there was one or two missing. Dad didn't like it. <laughs> what happened to this one? I don't know. It was there when I went out. Yeah, and he said, yeah, where's it at now? I don't know. <laughs> you better go look for it. So you were out stomping through the woods and trying to find where that stray went. But shepherding was like that. They were just watching over a group of, uh, of, of sheep. And, and, and sheep are really dumb animals. I mean, sheep are, you know, when, they're, when the analogy is that him, humans, you, you and I, we're a lot like sheep, it really is true. You know, we just can wander off. Sheep, sheep can, you know, they're, they're worse than cows. Sheep are just, they can just be eating and wander off and be alone and next thing they wake up and they don't even know where they're at. Anybody do that? You wake up and not know where you're at? <laughs> what am I doing here? How did I get here? I don't know. You were driving, you know? So it's, you know, it's that kind of just wandering off. You know, and one of us talks about sheep, uh, they get the rounders. <laughs> like if they get down in a, in a ravine, in a creek or something, uh, they'll walk in circles until they drown. <laughs> They're just dumb. <laughs> you know, they don't know enough to go up or go down stream. They'll just keep walking until they can't walk anymore and drown. And if, you, you know, if a sheep lays down on the side of a hill 
and somehow its feet get up the hill and they can't get up, they'll lay there till they die. You have to go roll them over so they can get up. You know, <laughs> if you take a sheep, when I was a kid, I never sheared sheep. I was too little for that. But we always had, we had a lot of different animals when I was little. When, we got, when I was 10, 12, whatever, we sold everything and only had cows. And we raised, we had over 100, 125 head of cattle. So, but anyhow, with sheep, you grab the sheep, grab, I still remember my brothers. They grab the sheep, flip it up on its butt, set it down. Never move. That's it. They'd cut that, you know, they had them shears. And my brother would nick them and, you know, they'd be bleeding. Wouldn't say a word. You know, the scripture says, as a sheep before its shears is dumb, doesn't say a thing. That when they're shearing that sheep and you have it set on its butt, they don't move. It doesn't matter how wild they are. It doesn't matter what's going on. You grab that sheep, put it on its butt, start shearing the, shearing the wool off, and you can, you can nick it, cut it, whatever, kick it. It's not going to move just sits there. Somewhat like, never mind. Uh, <laughs> you never notice that there's some people like that? They just never move. They just sit there, you know? <laughs> not in church. That doesn't happen in church. No, not at all. But I mean, there are some places you can go and see that happen. But, um, but you know, sheep are like that. And so here is, here are these individuals, these shepherds who are watching over their sheep and these are, and, and I think it's so important to recognize that these shepherds are probably the shepherds who are watching the sacrificial lambs, and they are the shepherds who the angel declares that the sacrificial lamb of God, Jesus, is born in the city of David. Well, suddenly, God's angel stood among them. Suddenly, here are these shepherds. They're just sitting around, watching grass grow, and right there in the midst of them, suddenly God's glory was all around them, ablaze around them. The Message Bible has it. Ablaze around them. So there's this sudden, there's this appearing. Did you ever turn the lights on when you're almost asleep? Did somebody ever come in and say, are you sleeping? <laughs> I love that. You know, you know. It's just like jumps you right out of your skin. Well, that's what happened here. There was this blaze around them. There was this glorious blaze, and uh, it turned the night into day, and there's this angel standing there. And so what do you think happened next? It doesn't say it, but the shepherds probably had to go change their pants. Oh, no. <laughs> they were terrified. <laughs> just you know, just thought I'd throw that out there in case... You were sitting there and didn't know what he was saying? Okay. They were terrified. They were sore afraid, the King James has it. This was not an ordinary night. It would be a, divine, a dividing time of history. And these, these shepherds are the ones who are going and that are hearing the message. These shepherds are the ones hearing the message. Don't be afraid. What I'm about to tell you, don't be afraid. Fear has no place in God's message to our lives. We don't need to be afraid of God. He loves us. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. 
If, there should, if there's fear in our life, it should be fear of missing out on what God wants to do in us. If, there, if there's a fear in our life, it should be that we would miss out, that we would not do what, something that God would want us to do. That should be our fear. Because we have a desire in our heart, desire, reaching out, Sunday school lesson, Reaching out, there is a desire, not the desire, you know, not the desire of the, the Sears catalog and Walmart catalog and, you know, all those things. Those desires are, I want this, I want this, I want this. <laughs> not that desire. The desire is a reaching out in our life to touch, to achieve. The desire in our heart is to reach out and to allow God to touch our lives. That's the gift of Christmas that God has come to be with us and God wants to give to us. He wants to bestow upon us. He wants to awaken the giftings that he has already inside of us. So the fear should not be one of being afraid of God. It should be one of, my goodness, what will happen if I live my life without God? (laughs) What would happen if I would die without knowing God? That's the fear we should have. But the fear of God, not fear of finding him, loving him, being forgiven. That's what we need. So fear has no place in our relationship with God. And what God God has planned for us is something that we should desire. He loves us. So Christmas is for us God's announcement to our lives, not only to the shepherds. God's announcement that the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is born. That Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace is born. And peace is not a gift that we wrap up and put under the tree, but Christ is the gift of peace. My peace I give unto you. The angels declared, I am here to announce a great joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. It's a message Bible. King James, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. The angel comes and lights up the night. They're terrified. Don't be afraid. You know, the blaze of God's glory. <laughs> Don't be afraid. I'm here to give you an announcement. I'm here to bring you joy. I'm here to bring you an announcement of joy and peace that is not only to you, but to all people. This announcement was meant not only for the shepherds, but for us. The declaration echoes through time. It echoes through time that reaches our ears through the Scripture. I'm here to to announce a great joyful event. A Savior has just been born in David's town, a Savior who is Messiah and Master. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Isaiah, and and the great thing about, you know, I, I always come back to this because I think it's so important that we realize Jesus Christ coming wasn't just our a group of people sitting around and somehow they decided that Jesus was the Messiah and, and they came up with that event and Jesus kind of showed up in history. There are 1,500 years of prophecy of 
declarations about a promise and the Messiah. And Isaiah writes, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and of his kingdom there will be no end. A virgin shall conceive and have a child. There are 1,500 years of preparation for this child to be born. So Jesus just doesn't appear on the scene and write up his own new religion. He comes as a fulfillment of the Word of God, and we are individuals who hear that message. It still rings in our hearts to, to us today. The angel said, This is God's gift to man. <laughs> Isaiah said, Unto us a child, unto us a son. Luke, unto you, shepherds and mankind, a Savior which is Christ the Lord, a Savior who is Messiah and Master, Lord of life, Lord of all, Prince of peace, Mighty One, Messiah, Deliverer, Counselor. This child. And the angel says, this is what you're going to look for. See, when God speaks, he tells us what we're going to look for. He tells us what to look for. You know, if we're looking for a Savior, a Messiah, someone, uh, someone who's going to save us from our sins, walk with us through life, God tells us what to look for. We don't dream it up. Well, what would God be looking for? Or how would I look for God? And we, you know, people come up with their own ideas. Go to the Scriptures and find out that what we look for is one who will save us from our sins, reunite us with our God who created us, bring us into a right relationship with him, that we don't have fear of life and fear of death and fear of eternity. We don't have fear of what's going to happen, what may happen. There is a sense of understanding that God is in our life and we have eternal life and it's already begun. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. That... I will love you in spite of all that you are and whatever you've done wrong never will stand between us because everything that God has for us continues to come. We're the ones that need to remove the barriers. The shepherds look for a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. Swaddling clothes, strips of rags, lying in a feed trough. Look for this. Look for a God who loves you, who will forgive you, who will never leave you, who will make you, help make you become what that person inside really wants to be. That's the God who created us. It's not a get into the mold, whip you into shape, become what I tell you to be. It is a Savior who frees us up. It's like the artist who interprets the picture. They knew what they were creating. We look at it and say, well, you know, I think it's... And the artist says, no, it's this. And whenever you start to pay attention to what the artist is doing and how the artist has drawn or painted it, you see that picture. And inside of each of us, God has created us to be that special person and we need to be in touch with God who will bring that out of us. 
A Savior is one who saves us, I think, from ourselves. That we become our own worst enemies, we become our own worst critics because we dream up something that, that is based upon information and what we think we are and what we think we can do and how we think this can happen and what people love and what they hate. And what does God love? <laughs> what does God desire? And how does God touch my life in such a way that brings out what he created me to be? You'll find a Savior. <laughs> He's going to be wrapped in strips of rags and laying in the feed trough. <laughs> These shepherds were smart enough to know that that meant a stable. The shepherds would not hesitate to enter a stable. But you know, these shepherds would have never gone to a palace. They weren't welcome there. But they would go to a stable. <laughs> the angels announcing the birth of Christ in a stable, laid in a feed trough, an angel ablaze with glory of God in the night, and turns the night into day and speaks of a baby, a stable, a feed trough, a Messiah. You see, the poorest of the poor can come and kneel before God. The Prince of Peace, Mighty God. No one is too lowly. No one is too poor. They are all, they all can come before God. But you know what? The very proud, those who are prideful would never enter into a stable. They would never go in. No, nothing good, nothing miraculous can be born in a barn. But you see, God didn't come to save people who think they have it all because they think they know the whole world and they think they know what life is all about and there is no God beyond themselves. But there is a God who comes to us in the simplicity of our faith and the simplicity of who we are. He's not complicated. We're the ones who add all the complications you know, God is simple enough to be found by a child. You know, in a couple of weeks, we'll have all the children up here and they'll do their plays and they'll do their things. And, you know, in the simplicity of it all, Jackson can talk about the baby. My little grandson can talk about the baby in the manger. Why is he sleeping? <laughs> you know, I still remember my, um, my brother's boy, uh, nephew, my nephew, he, he was little and he went to a birthday party for Jesus. And he came home. He was, I don't know, he was maybe four or five years old. He says, don't understand it. He never showed up. We ate his cake. And he didn't even come. <laughs> yeah. You know, he didn't blow his candles out. I mean, you know, the simplicity of it all. But a child can understand it, that there is a God who loves them and can, you know, they can accept it. We're the ones who come with all of the preconceived ideas and the, and the conceptions that somehow God is beyond us or that we, we make him up to suit some kind of emotional, psychological need. No. There's an emptiness inside of us that only the King of Kings and Lord of Lords can fill. And that's God. There's a God who loves and cares for us. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the highest, peace to all men and women on earth who please him. 
King James, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Glory to God in the highest. (laughs) It's all God's doing. His goodness is towards us. His love is extended to us. The sin that erected a barrier between man and God, God has taken the initiative to dismantle, to displace, to turn down, to tear down. And God will destroy the barrier. That's the coming of Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He must become man in order to die. God had to become like us so that he could die. God can't die. So he had to remove that divinity and become human so that he could be like us and he could know everything that we know, experience every temptation in all points like he was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. And he found himself in this place of humanity because he chose to be here so that we can identify with him and we can become like him. Peace to all men and women on earth. On earth, peace and goodwill towards men. Peace is a result of being at peace with God. Peace is a matter of being at peace with God. Peace with our conscience. Peace of life. Peace with our future. Peace with our past. Everyone has a past. But God forgives us. He doesn't hold our sins against us. He removes them. That's forgiveness. When we are forgiven, our sins of the past are forgotten by God. We need to let them go. Our future is empowered by God to go from today forward. He paid the price for our sin that we could have life, have it now, and have it for eternity. Peace with our past, peace in our present. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives. I don't find it somehow by centering on myself. I find it by centering on God. Peace with God, peace of God, peace with others. Forgive them, let it go. Shepherds, what did they do? They went to see if what the angel said was true. Seeing, in the Message Bible says, seeing was believing. (laughs) And in our life, we need to see what the message of God, if the message of God is true. You don't have to believe me. Believe the Word. Bring the Word into your life. Let the Word of God touch your life in a way that God will make it real to you. He will turn your night into day just as as it was with the angels speaking uh, on the message of, of Christ to the shepherds. And we are there to allow this ordinary day to become an extraordinary day because God speaks to our life by his word. We don't have to think it up and dream it up. It's already written for us. And the message of the scripture is always one of hope, one of forgiveness, restoration, plan, purpose, that The gift of Christmas is something we open every day. It is the gift of life in Jesus Christ. This Christmas is another one we'll just chalk up. 
Is it another? Is it going to be an ordinary? Or what will make it extraordinary? Will it be the presents we give? Will it be the decorations we put up that will make it so different? Or will it be the love that we have in our heart that we share with someone else that makes a difference? People will remember how you made them feel. Let, God, let us remember how God wants to make us feel. Not separated, but connected. Not remembering our failures, but forgiven and at peace. Not trying to accomplish something that we must make happen, but allowing God to speak his truth to our heart that we are going to reach out to become that person that God created us to be. You see, the the shepherds, we're going to go see. (laughs) We're going to go and see if this is true. Imagine, they heard the message from the angels. The glory of God, the angels singing, and now they were told to go and find it. And in our lives, it isn't a matter of just believing. You've got to believe and conform. No, this is the message of God. Now go and see. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Go and see. Look for that child in a stable, in a manger, and see that what I have said to you is true. And then we find conformity. Then we find our life changing. Don't conform because somebody says conform. Change because God changes you from the inside out. The message of God, forgiveness and love, restoration, a present that we can open every day. Shall we stand? In the Christmas carol, Little Town of Bethlehem, I'm not going to sing it, so don't worry. (laughs) In the Christmas carol, Little Town of Bethlehem, the stanza says, We heard the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Oh, come to us, abide with us. We hear the Christmas angels. Their glad tidings tell. (laughs) We're hearing it. What was said 2,000 years ago, we're hearing it again. Through me, but by God's Spirit, He speaks to our hearts and makes it real. Father, we thank You that we have an opportunity to hear the message of Christ, to hear the message of what the angels were declaring about our Savior. God, we thank you for the Christmas season that we can remember and and give gifts and show our love and appreciation to our family and friends. But Lord, let us never never forget the purpose of Christmas. Christ has come, the gift of God, to take away the sin of the world. Let us receive him into our heart. God, forgive us of our sins. Live within our heart. Renew a right spirit within us. That God, that your love may be something we open every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.